Hello, everybody. We are Ken and Lisa Henderson. We'd like to welcome you to the Faith Works Podcast, and thank you for tuning in. We are going to be looking into the lives of ordinary people, and we'll be examining how faith in God is working in their lives and how it will work in yours. We are very excited to bring you testimonies, release prophetic words, and examine Scripture, which will cause your faith in Jesus Christ to grow. Thanks again for joining our conversation. Welcome to the Faith Works Podcast. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate you joining us back on our podcast today. Today, we're going to be looking at our responsibility as it relates to prophetic words and and what we need to be doing. And so we're going to get right into that. My name's Ken Henderson. My wife is Lisa. And so we're going to jump right in this this morning, take some notes and and just uh, share this with your friends, if you will. And, And we hope God blesses you. That's a good question. Do we have a responsibility in prophetic words when we receive them? Well, there's a little bit of a clue, I think, in chapter 4 of the Gospel of Luke. There's about 20 verses there. We're not going to read them because that would be very lengthy for you. But you can look them up, Luke um, 4, verses 1 through 20. This is a uh, parable of the sower. Is that correct? That's correct. It's a parable of the sower. And it just talks about where the farmer who goes out and sows seed and how it's eaten, choked out, and burned by the sun. Well, some of it now, to to add to that, uh, there is some that has success. Right. So we need to, you know, examine that as well. Right. So, of course, this scripture is talking about the Word of God or good news here. However, I believe it can also apply to words or promises we receive from God over our lives. I know there's been so many times that I've received a prophetic word from the Lord only to have it stolen by the enemy. And maybe if you're listening, you can relate to that, that you've received a a prophetic word and then you don't see it come to pass. Why is that? I think a lot of people get disillusioned when they don't see something come to pass. You know, the Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. And so when they get a word, and I, and I remember even as a child growing up, and, and we'd have somebody who had prophetic giftings come into our church, and they would be giving words over people. And I remember growing up, when I say as a child, even through my teen years and our young adult years, wanting that person to come and speak over me. And a lot of times it felt like that, you know, I was kind of last on the list for one thing. But then when when they finally did get there, a lot of times I would be waiting for things. Now, here's the strange things, and I'm sure you've experienced this, words that we got years and years ago. And a lot of people, you know, are impatient because we think if we get a word, it's for right now. Yeah, it's going to happen tomorrow. And it just... Um, you know, it, it didn't happen in a timely fashion. And so I, somewhat I became discouraged in some of those words. And, you know, I remember us finding one of your journals that we had from, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. And some of the words that were brought forth then, we're just now seeing. Right. You know, Satan, by planting doubt and unbelief in your heart and whispering in your ears, as he did with Eve, it just, uh, you know, where he said, did God really say it? At times, it's very discouraging, and it's easy for us to get kind of thrown off a little bit. Right, and that's how he comes along, or how the word is stolen. It talks about there in Mark how... Um, the seed was sown and then the seed was stolen. And so the enemy is so quick to do that when we receive a word. And so we have a responsibility to partner with it. And when we don't see it come to pass, of course, 
we have to fight doubt, our own doubt that springs up. But then the enemy is so quick to swoop in with what you just said, like he did with Eve. Did God really say? Did that prophet really say? Was that word really for you? Were they really a prophet? I mean, I can go on and on, and I'm sure that if you're listening, that you can fill in the blank there with so many of the the doubts that have assailed your mind when you don't see the word come to pass right away. And as Ken just mentioned, some of these words we received 15 to 20 years ago are coming to pass right now. We received words 15, 20 years ago that we would go to the nations. Well, we didn't start going to the nations till about five years ago. You know, that we would have a ministry that would go around the globe. Well, we've just seen that come to pass over the last couple years, and yet the word went forth 15 years ago. Yeah, and it's the interim time. What we did, we continued to try to be faithful, we were doing things, and, you know, everybody kept telling us, you know, that famous scripture, despise not the days of small beginnings. And I think I heard it and heard it and heard it until I felt like I was going to choke on it at some point in time. And so there's a lot of times that we receive the word with joy, but I have, and then as soon as the problems, or you just talked about this, problems or trials arise, or God's timing is not my timing, I begin to think the word must not have been for me, and we just talked about that, and then so I let it die, or it wilts beneath the heat of adversity or wow. delay. So when, when the promise is delayed, or I'm not seeing it in the time frame, and this is where in the prophetic realm, a lot of times, you know, we see someone who gets... Maybe they're newly born again. They're they're a new Christian, and they have they do have a great call in their life. And someone gives them a prophetic word that they're going to do these great things. And oftentimes they think that means like right now I'm I'm going to you know leave this place and step right into that ministry. Yeah. And then they don't see that happen, so they get very discouraged and think that that wasn't a prophet, or they weren't hearing from God, or, you know, the discouragement sets in, or they face adversity before. How many? How much adversity have we faced? I mean, you could, oh, wow. probably, you could probably talk for an hour right there of the adversity we have faced in between the receiving the Word and the fulfillment of the Word. You know, I like what you said where you said it, it would wilt beneath the heat of adversity, and during the delay period because it's a complicated thing when you're you're really hoping and you really do hope that you walk out of the church and whatever was said takes off and right now is the time of that but um you know oftentimes we we just don't see it happen that way no and so we get discouraged and we toss that word out instead of taking responsibility which we're going to talk about that in a few minutes so either the promises or the word is stolen by the enemy like the seed was stolen by the birds or you know it's there and i receive it with joy but then i i hit adversity or there's that time delay and in my own impatience because i'm not seeing it um so it's coupled a lot of times with the enemy whispering in my mind the doubts and it gets stolen or i'm or i'm able to fight off the doubts but then the time goes on and on and on or the adversity is so great because keep in mind that the enemy has heard that word over your life as well yes sometimes we you, you know life just starts happening and sometimes we get sidetracked away from the promises of oh, God, and, you know, by worry, by the lure of wealth or the desire of other things. And, and it's just something that happens unintentional. The Bible calls it the cares of life. And right. it talks about being choked out by the cares of life. And let me, let me just ask you as a listener, have you ever cried out, but Lord, what about me? You yes. gave me this word. 
where is your promise? And so if you've got the promise that he gave to you, where is it? And I know that many people can relate exactly to what we're talking about because I've talked to so many people who have been in this situation where they said, you know, I I, I thought I had a word. I thought God was going to do this or I thought I was going to do something grand and glorious, but... Where is that promise? Yes, and I've said that so many times. Lord, when is it going to be my turn? Lord, what about those words spoken over over me? And you, you, you mentioned this earlier, but if you're listening, I want to encourage you because there have been so many dreams in my heart that I became frustrated over. I mean, just to the point that I was like, Lord, take them out of my heart. If you're not going to fulfill them and it's not for me, if that's not my purpose, then just take them out because right now it's just making me frustrated. And if you remove them, I'm okay with that because then, you know, they're not there and I'll have joy because I don't like living in the frustration and he did not remove them. The, wow. the, the desire stayed. So we have to, to stand in the heat of adversity. We have to stand the test of time. God's timing and our timing. Oh, the times you've told me that in my journal. Your timing is not my timing. My timing is not your timing. My ways are not your ways. My ways are higher than your ways. So when he gives us a promise, you know, we just have to hang on. And we have some responsibility if we're going to be in that category that it bears fruit, that we see the promise come forth. Because so many times people don't realize that. They'll say, oh, I got this. This prophet came through. They gave me this word, but it hadn't happened. They're a false prophet. Did you steward the word? And they'll look at me and they'll be like, what? We have to steward the word. We have to not let it be stolen, not let the cares of life choke it out, not let the sun or the the, um, heat of adversity um, cook it out or put too much pressure on it. So there's some things that we've learned in the process of doing that. There's some partnership and participation on our end. Yeah, you know, the Bible actually says this, and and I'm glad that you mentioned that there's a process because the Bible actually says in John chapter 1 that as many as knew him, he gave them power to become the sons of God. So that that speaks to process. And so we're all becoming, and part of the becoming is learning to wait patiently on the Lord as we partner with him. And then as part of the partnership, we have to participate by aligning ourselves with his plan and with his purpose, doing all that we know to do in the meanwhile and in the interim. You know, I think of the story of Zacchaeus and how he aligned himself and actually positioned himself as Zacchaeus was a very short man in stature. And the Bible said that he climbed up a sycamore tree because he heard Jesus was coming. And he wanted to have, you know, that 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 moment with Jesus. And he wanted to have that 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 engagement with him. But he had to position himself in such a fashion that he could actually see Jesus right. and could actually be seen by Jesus, lest he got lost in the crowd. And I think a lot of times we get lost in the crowd. So we have to position ourselves and we have to align ourselves with God's word in order for us to see him and actually have those words come about. Right. So aligning ourselves with his plan and purpose and, and his you know positioning ourselves are, are absolutely key. And a second thing that's key in what we've learned is agreeing with what he says about us and to us. And this is so important because we're also guilty of uh, negative self-talk. 
but we have to agree with what he says. We can't allow the lies of the enemy. We talked about that earlier because he's going to swoop in immediately and try to steal the word of God from us. Oh, that promise? Who do you think you are that you're going to go out and do great things? Who do you think you are that you're going to go to nations? Did God really say that? Are they really a prophet? And we have to not you know, listen to the lies of the enemy and not allow doubt to spring up in our lives and choke out that word. And instead of allowing this to happen, we have to partner with God in His truth because if we don't, in essence, we're partnering with the enemy. If we're not agreeing with God, if we're agreeing with that other voice, we're agreeing with the enemy. And we have got to agree with what God says about us. And not Satan and his lies. So we need to remember the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And if he can steal the word, he can kill the vision. He can destroy your life. He can destroy everything that God had planned for you and the destiny, ultimately, that God had planned when he gave you that word. So we've got to position ourselves. We've got to agree with the word. We can't agree with Satan, I think, is the biggest thing. We, we must not agree with the thief and the liar. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... so uh, then, then, then what we always, whenever we deal with faith, and we're we're talking about a Faith Works podcast, we actually have to have action that is involved in that um, moment of faith. It's one thing to receive it; it's another thing to to actually start acting on. You know, we were talking about this with several people, and and for years we talked about going overseas, going overseas, and going overseas. And then something, I, th- I think our daughter actually said to us, said, well, you know, a little bit of common sense should go a long way. Have you got your passport? Right. And right. and so the first step in going overseas, guys, get your passport. Uh, we have a friend who has a, a, a ministry where they fed just hundreds and hundreds of people consistently over a period of time in a community. And she said, you know, some people are wanting to, to open like a soup kitchen or something, and they've not even made a sandwich for somebody That's yet. That's right. And so I think that, that acting on what you have and moving in a direction is very important. It is. And, you know, we can ask the Lord, you know, what is what is my part in this, Lord? How, what am I supposed to be doing? And if he says simply, be still, then by all means, be still. But if he gives instruction, then follow that wholly. Like you just said, hey, you know, um, go make some sandwiches and give them out. That's the start. You may not start with the great big soup kitchen. It may be in your kitchen with a loaf of bread and some peanut butter and jelly. You know, I, I was thinking about when you were talking earlier about the book of James and in that process that we're in when you said he gave us the power to become the sons of God. The book of James, the very first uh, few verses there, um, are, it's for mature Christians if you read it, uh, but maybe Christians should read it too. Um, but it talks about the development of character. And God cannot just hand us something, this great big ministry, this great big destiny, if our character is not ready to handle that, because what will happen is it will destroy us. And He knows what we're made of. He knows what what we need. So we have to trust His timing and just continue to align ourselves and participate with Him. You know, one of the things I was thinking about is Mike and Dina Van Holt, who run an orphanage in China right now and are a blessing to so many people, how that, that, you know, when Randy Clark came to their church, God just moved on them, and and they were wondering what to do. And, And Dina told us that she was just sitting in her kitchen one day, and God said, make five sandwiches and go down to a park that was not too far from their house 
And so she said that she did what the Lord had told her. And when she got there, much to her surprise, she didn't see anybody at first. And then as they were getting ready to leave, and the Lord told her to drive around one more time, and she saw some people in the woods, and she walked in. There were five people that were there, and they were all hungry. And as she gave the sandwich, you remember the one guy said to her, hey, listen, you can see this whole uh, thing played out in our, our movie, Hope Has a Name. And so Dina tells the story, and she said, one of them looked up and said, are you an angel? And I think how powerful that is. But before there was grandeur, before there was the orphanage, before there was all these things, it was something just so simple as making five little sandwiches. So so we have to agree, and then we have to move in a direction that God has called us to and move accordingly. Absolutely. And you know, the, the following um, were given words and promises that I had to act on. Like Abraham had to leave his home and the land of his family, and he had to go. Yeah, you know, that, that when you read that, it sounds simple. But in reality, at that point in time, he was leaving everything. He, and, and it was costing him his inheritance, his family, everything that he had known. And, and it was pretty substantial sacrifice for him to go. So he had to do what he was told to do. But, you know, and, and then when years of delay and waiting, you know, he, he, he was waiting on the promise of God about his son. Right. You remember that? And so, you know, he, he, he finally gets his son. And then God says something really strange to him. He says, take your son, your only son, the one that you love, and sacrifice him to me. Man, what a freaky thing. Right. But, but at the same time, God had given him a promise. And the Bible says this about Abraham, which was amazing. He said he knew that God was able to fulfill that promise because he got the word. Right. And he was going to fulfill the promise even if he had to raise his son back from the dead, which right. is just an incredible story. And then to Moses, God said, stretch forth thy rod. So there was action on, on Moses' part. And then to Joshua at Jericho, he said, march seven times around. So there are some times that, that we receive instruction, we get a word, and there's some action that is required on our part. Again, if he says just be still, then, then be still. But more times than not, He's gonna. There's gonna be some action that we have to do, and then Moses and the children of Israel received a word about the promised land, and God had given them the word that would take them to the land that would flow with milk and honey. Right, and so it took them a long time to get there, but they finally got there. He issued the promise, yet an entire generation passed away in the wilderness without entering in. But. Their kids did. Right. Uh, it wasn't well, because God was slack concerning his promises. No, of course not. Nope. It was because the children of Israel partnered with doubt rather than aligning themselves with the God with God and his faithfulness. And they began to murmur and complain, and this kept them from the promise. This whole generation passes away, but then their kids enter into the, the land and the, you know and then they were scattered abroad and then they get brought back again yet in 1948 so um, it's really cool the way that God has the end in mind when he starts so he keeps his promises and you know the the older generation 
which perished in the desert. They didn't get to go into the promised land. But, you know, I can't always, I, we want to, we always point to them, the murmuring and complaining ones, you know, and talk about the younger generation got to go in and the older ones. But I don't know that I can really judge them on this because I don't know how many times that I, and how much time I've had to waste wandering around in the desert as I've journeyed through, you know, on my way to the promise because I doubted, I complained, I murmured, you know, I've been distracted by the sand, I'm complaining about the heat, I'm wondering if I really heard from God, maybe you can relate. Is there even really a promised land? Have any of you even thought that? Is there really a house for me? Is there really a job for me? Is there really a ministry for me? Is there really, you know, a dream for me? Is there really a a nation, a heart nation that you've called me to, like I hear about people talking about, you know, is God really going to take me to it? So it's kind of hard for me to judge the children of Israel because all those things have assailed my mind. I've asked questions. I've doubted. I've been distracted, you know. So yeah, you, one of the questions that you will often hear asked in a situation like that is, why am I in this desert anyway? Oh, for sure. Why didn't I just go straight to the promise? Why do I have to wander around in this what seems to be a wilderness? And why am I stuck here? And it just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. So why am I in this? If you've promised it, why aren't you keeping your promise? And where did we? where's the breakdown? Where did we go wrong? Oh, yes. Where did we go wrong? And, you know, there's so many doubts that assail you. And unfortunately, in my distraction, and I'm speaking to me, I'm not reaching to you today because this is something we've had to live out. Because as as Ken pointed out, some of our process has taken 20 years, 25 years. Yeah. And so we're speaking from the heart. We're speaking from experience today. So unfortunately, in my distraction and frustration, I often fail to notice the streams in the desert he's put me in. And Isaiah 35, 6 talks about him making streams in the desert. And sometimes I fail to notice when I'm in the desert, I'm so busy. The sand's so hot. My feet are burning. It's so this, it's so that, that I forget to notice the streams he's put there for me along the way. He, you know, the Bible says in Isaiah 42, 16, that he, that he places these things there for me as a reminder of his promise that he will make the crooked path straight. How many times has he come through and not failed me as I'm going through the desert? On my way to the promise, he gives me those those moments, those moments of oasis. You know, the Bible says he makes a way where there seems to be no way. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, it comes down to our reception and partnering with him, no matter what the circumstance looks like, no matter how discouraged we become, we have to partner with him. And so it's really up to us to step forward. God has promised it. All his promises are yes and amen. And therefore, when we have that word, we need to just say yes and just keep moving and keep believing, even though we have not. I like the new song, Waymaker. Even when I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. What a great God that we serve. Right. He's, he's working all things out for our good. And he's, the Bible says this, that he knows your end from your beginning, and he will bring you to it. And he knows exactly how to bring you to it. And he knows at what time you're ready for it. He knows that the, the, his timing is perfect. And again, he has reminded me of that so many times. So in this partnership, you know, it may mean simply waiting and trusting. I have had those times where he said, be still, wait, and trust. And I want to tell you, in action for me, 
is probably some of the hardest moments of just waiting and trusting. And But there's those moments in that partnership where he's just saying, wait and trust and believe that he'll perform what he said he would do. But then there's those times of co-laboring by following instruction and acting upon his word. Yeah, either way, you know what, I, I pray that we can be like Mary, who as a young teenager, you have to think in terms of being 14 years old and the Spirit of the Lord, angel of the Lord says, you're going to have a baby. And she said, how can this be? But she said, nevertheless, be it unto me according to thy word. So there again, we have to, we don't know how it's going to work. We don't know how it's going to happen or how it's going to play out. But at the same time, I hope we can be like Mary and say, be it unto me according to thy word. Amen. One of the translations we're reading um, right now through the Gospels, but one of the translations I'm reading just said that she said, let everything happen to me that you say. And it was like, wow, what a statement of faith. Let everything happen to me like you say. And when we say that to the Lord, you know, let us determine in our hearts like she did to partner with God on His promises and not allow the enemy to steal one more of those promises from us. Let's forget about how many He's stolen in the past. We cannot, you know, do anything about that. But let's just determine in our heart right now that whatever words He's given us to partner with Him and not let the enemy steal one more from us, not let the cares of life and the worries of life choke them out. And, you know, my friend, that, that you, if you, if you you know, my friend, that you have a word from God, then there's some things, again, that you can do. You have to align yourself with it. You have to agree with it. You have to act on it. You have to hold on to His promise for you. You know, one of the, 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 the scriptures in the Bible says that His ways are not our ways. They're far above us. And He knows the end from the beginning, so He knows how to do this. So let me remind you what she just said. Align yourself agree with it, and then act on it. The three A's. Align, agree, and act. And that's what you have to do in order to, to see this thing through. So his timing's not our timing. His his ways are not our ways. And we need to understand this. God is faithful and true. And ultimately, he will bring to pass what he has promised you. Amen. I feel like I have a word for, this is going to seem maybe strange, but um, I keep getting the word azalea. I don't know if that's um, a person's name. I know it's a flower. It could be your favorite flower. It could be a place where you live. But this applies to somebody that's attached to that word azalea. And I'm going to, as I go, we'll get a little more specific because it maybe it will help define, define you. But you have been praying for some time about a specific uh, ministry that you feel called to. And it's been a promise that God's given you. Um, you can relate to the podcast that we were speaking because this is something that, that God gave you years and years ago. And you have been waiting um, to the point that your patience has, is nearly worn out. And I feel like even that you are fasting currently as you're listening to this podcast you've been fasting about it like you felt i'm going to fast and pray about this one more time and if it doesn't come into fruition or i don't i don't see a door opening or something moving forward i'm i'm just going to give up on this um is really what i feel like you were at the place that you're at but i just want to encourage you because i really feel like i'm hearing the voice of the lord saying that you did not miss him that that he is faithful and true and that he did speak this to you 
and that His timing is perfect and that His timing has not been yet, but that timing is about to be upon you, that even to prepare yourself for these doors to open, that while the promise has been delayed, it has not been a no, but there has been a delay for a purpose and that God is going to move and that that's going to happen in, in, a, in, the, in a close span of time. That as you begin to fast and pray, begin to prepare yourself for these doors to open, you have heard from God and that He is going to reward you for your faithfulness and for your patience, but that His timing is perfect and that timing is about to be now is what I'm hearing. So this is for a person um, that's attached to the the word azalea um, in a strong way, and that may even be your your name. But I just want to encourage you to not give up, but that the Lord is hearing you and seeing you right where you are, even to the point that He spoke to me about the fasting and praying, and that like you're ready to throw in the towel. But I hear the the voice of the Lord saying, um, you know, there's a, a there's a meme or a, a a picture of a person that's boxing, they throw in the towel, and God throws the towel back and says, um, <laughs> "We're not finished yet." And I've had him do that to me, so I really feel like he's doing that to you. You've not missed God. That promise is is true. It just hasn't been for the appointed time, but that appointed time is at the door. You know, that that reminds me of the, the chapter 2 in, in Habakkuk, where he said, Write the vision and make it plain that he who reads can run, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, and at the end it shall speak. It will not lie, though it tarry. Wait for it because it is coming, and when it comes, it will speak for itself, and you won't have to worry about it. And, and uh, even those people who've been around who may be naysayers or doubters, and you, you, you've you kind of been saying these things, and they're saying, hey, you know, visions of grandeur, you're, you're, you're out there somewhere. Don't let that bother you because when the vision comes, it will speak for itself. Amen. And let me say this to those who are listening. Um, the Lord's been speaking this to me for a while about hidden prophets and that there's he's getting ready to unveil um, a, a bunch of hidden prophets that have that have been hidden you've been prophesying you've been incredibly accurate you you give words to your family you give words to your local body you give words to friends and they know you as very accurate and I feel like we're moving into a season where God is unveiling some hidden prophets that have been very trustworthy that they have been very conscientious about releasing words, that they they take it very seriously, and that on, also that we're moving into a season right now as we're in these last days that, that God is unveiling different ministries. There's many of you under the sound of our voice right now that God has spoken into your heart promises and dreams and ministry years and years ago. So you're relating to what we're saying, and you've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting to the point that you're almost warned out. And I feel like that for you, a lot of you that have been waiting, that you are moving to the season right now that God is going to uncover that which has been hidden. He has hidden you for His purpose that He is about to uncover. We're going to see some things rise up out of the ashes like a phoenix rising. And you're going to see even some ministries that, that the enemy tried to destroy that are going to rise up out of the ashes for this last day move of God. There is a remnant rising, but there's also some ministries that 
that have been hidden that are going to rise up for such a time as this. So take heart, stiffen your backbone, have your set your face as flint is what the Word of God says, because now is the time that many of you are going to rise up into the the words and into the promises that God has called you to. Hey, we just want to thank you so much for joining us today, and we have an opportunity for you. One is we'd like to really encourage you to check out our movie, Hope Has a Name, and you can get that at hopehasanamemovie.com, and you can get a DVD or digital download, and that will share um, visually the story that Ken shared with you about um, Mike and Dina Van Holt. We'd also like to encourage you to go to our website at cornerstonegm.org. And if you will sign up for our newsletter, we would like to send you 40 healing scriptures put to music. And just for our listeners, we would also like to include 40 healing declarations. And we want to do that for you just for signing up for our newsletter. And, um, and we want to encourage you in the healing word of the Lord. Thank you for listening to us. Also, we just want to let you know that we have launched a network uh, that you can get on your Roku channel. It is CGM Network, and just go on, and where you add channels, you type in CGM Network, and it will pop up, and we have a lot of our, our us and other people who are actually sharing the gospel on that station. So God bless you and keep you. We appreciate you joining us today. Be sure and check out everything that, that we're doing so that we can continue to uh, share the gospel around the globe. We don't charge for anything, uh, yet God meets our need. And we are looking for partners. So if you want to partner with us, you can contact us at, at cornerstonegm.org. Thank you again, and God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Faith Works Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to visit us at cornerstonegm.org for books, blogs, movies, and spiritual growth. You can also follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Lisa Henderson, and that's Lisa L-E-S-A, and at Ken Henderson, or you can follow our ministries at My Salt Life Church and at Cornerstone Global M. See you next week.